Cape Talk. Business in Africa with Refilwe Maloto. And um, the Russians are coming. Should I be excited or should I be worried? Broadly excited, in my opinion, but that's just because I'm also morbidly fascinated by very awesome stuff. But um, so what's very interesting is there's been a, what a, and a reported, and this is in the New African, a, an article by Johan Burger. Um, as much as our trade with Russia as a continent is quite small, it's like in the low hundred millions, there's been a reported 185% increase in that trade. And I think that's exciting broadly because... There are tectonic shifts on the go in global economics and politics. So we have three major powers. It's the U.S. as one and the EU and emerging markets led pretty much by China. Um, and the one is very inward looking at the moment. And the second is a little bit messy thanks to Brexit. And then China is kind of making its own move. So it's kind of nice to have a new player. Africa is this gorgeous woman on a dance floor that everybody wants to dance with, um, but they don't really know where she got her outfit from. So she keeps on. She's a little tattered, but she's sexy, you know, and. Uh, it's very interesting to see how people, uh, how various countries have been approaching us from a trade perspective in 2018, mostly driven by their own country circumstances. So you'll notice, for example, Rex Tillerson was in Africa earlier in the year. And we have to ask ourselves why Melania Trump was in the United States case. Um, Sergey Lavrov uh, had a multi-African trip earlier on in the year, uh, who is the foreign minister of Russia. Xi Jinping had a four-country trip. Um, and I think it's quite exciting uh, just to take a peek into each person's intention. So, yeah. yeah because um, there are two reasons. One is because they want us to buy the things they make. And the other one is that they want the raw commodities that we have available to us. They very seldom want the things that we make ourselves because we don't make that many things. And, and, and not one of these countries or not one of these global jurisdictions has only one thing in mind. Absolutely. They're not only about wanting a market for their goods or Correct. wanting access to our agricultural products or our, our minerals. When it comes to Russia, where do you think that balance lies? You know, the best thing about talking to you is that I can actually just go home. So, yes, those are the two bottom lines. But there's a third vector to that, and that's where Russia actually tends to stand out, uh, probably alongside the United States, and it's the military angle. So, yes, absolutely, trying to build the consumer base. Uh, I think you're absolutely right that these countries always come to us in their own sort of self-serving way. Africa's self-service in this past year or two has been very inward-looking. It's the uh, continental free trade agreement, South Africa investment forum, stuff that we've been speaking about. We're quite sort of focused on one another, you know. Um, and as far as really we've gone out to the rest of the world, it's kind of Sura Ramaphosa's call for internal investment, but also called on people domestically. Um, and other countries have done the same. But that military vector has been a quite a powerful one. Energy and a little bit of nuclear with Angola, uh, Uganda, um, and uh, military bases. And then you start to think about who has military bases where. Djibouti seems, for one reason or another, or the Horn of Africa, seems to be very uh, attractive to all three countries. America's largest bases in Djibouti. Shipping routes, yeah. Shipping routes, correct. Um, and, so, and also they have this Lillipad structure for the United States, which spans a bunch of countries. I won't sit here and list them all, but it's, it's, about, it's about 15 countries in Africa. It's really, really huge military presence. And while Russia hasn't necessarily set its up, um, you know, remember in the 60s and the like, as, as African countries were sort of retaining their freedom from colonialization, Russia was a little bit of a, a friend to many. And, and it seems as though Moscow is quite uh, eager to reestablish those, those relationships. And to your point, it's never military alone. 
right? Mm. Um, so, so what comes after that is 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 the consumer and absolutely um, the cons- the consumption Th- of the does, market as well as ro- mineral. What because Russia is quite mineral rich and Russia still has very large areas of prime fertile agricultural land. So what does Russia need from us? So you remember you and I spoke about uh, the dissemination of 15,000 visas for Mm. white farmers in the Siberian farmlands. So there are things like that from a skills perspective. You're absolutely right about their mineral prominence. I mean, you know, it was the early to mid-2000s that um, Russia famously used to sort of hoard and stockpile palladium deposits and and their relationship with Zimbabwe, which I think is going to interestingly play out after Emerson Nangaga came through and competing with China is a very interesting one because there's also a platinum one and of course PGM uh, platinum group metals is, is I think going to play out from there and if they can become a stockpiler uh, there's 78% of the stores of, of platinum group metals are between South Africa and Zimbabwe if Russia gets to corner that market it's quite a powerful thing um, and and that plays through into vehicle manufacture and the like. Um, I just find it quite interesting that, and I think you and I can probably guess exactly why, the reaction to Russia has not been as heated as it is to China. You know, when we talk about China sort of coming across the continent, as I said, it's still early days, and I'm still digging, but I just found this quite intriguing. But Surely the minute Russia shows an appetite for the kind of widespread presence that China has showed and has put into reality, then we'll start to talk about Russian colonialism in the way that those people who are opposed or nervous of China's presence in Africa are talking about it. Yes. I think there's an ethnic bias about that, first of all. Okay. I think there's a little bit more patience with the Russian. But secondly, um, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, we're smart enough people in the analytical world, right? Why would we have to wait for them to actually set up the military base before we start paying attention? Why are we not asking ourselves about why they want to set up the military base? Um, and um, look, all this to say, I'm not trying to create any fear mongering. I actually quite like the competitive spirit. I like the fact that the hegemony is kind of um, diversifying and that we're getting a little bit of balance. I am okay with an equal Russia, China, America, Europe quadruple power balance as opposed to a single, mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't result in war, obviously. 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 <laughs> but, well, uh, you know, oil prices are also war. a nice mm-hmm. way to make money. But I'm just saying, I think, it's, I think it's quite an exciting thing to look at. As I say, it's still early days, but yeah, military, I think, is the, is the key. But I think that's a, a general way that people move in, and Russia has been quite smart. They've started with fragile countries. Okay. Ivan, Rafilwe says you are welcome. <laughs>